Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Hello, welcome to another edition of your personal branding podcast. And this particular edition, I have Jason McDonald. He is internet marketing expert, SEO, social media marketing expert. And we're going to look at how using social media, using SEO to help position your brand and also able to keep your reputation online using all these online tools and social media. I have with me Jason McDonald. Jason, welcome to the personal branding podcast show. Well, thank you for having me. I would like you to tell us a little more about you, how you got into the internet business and your story so far in positioning and helping other brands to, to develop. Sure. Uh, so I, uh, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, of course, it's uh, known for technology. And uh, I have a Ph.D. from the University of California, Berkeley. So I got that back in 93. And then uh, I sort of didn't want to be a professor, so I started doing a lot of technology journalism. And this was right when, you know, the Internet was taking off. So I worked at some media companies. This was still in the print days. Uh, and then along came the Internet. So when the Internet came along, I started working uh, with engineers. I started what today would be called a blog. Uh, we started um, sharing information with engineers all over the world, you know, Japan, Germany, uh, UK, not just the United States. It was a great way for these people uh, to find information. So I started uh, doing that, and that got me into SEO, search engine optimization, which is how do you set a, a company, or in this case, a personal brand, how do you sort of manipulate Google and Bing so you show at the top? Uh, and then uh, I started in 2009. I started teaching. I teach a class at uh, Stanford Continuing Studies called Marketing Without Money. Uh, that got me into social media, Google+, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, all of those sort of new tools that are available uh, both for companies and also for uh, personal brands. A lot of times it's the CEO of a company. They want to be the spokesperson um, or sometimes it's a book publisher, book author, somebody like that. So that's sort of how I got into it. And I really see the sort of two pillars, uh, SEO, sort of search engine optimization, uh, how do you manipulate the search engine so you show up and look really good uh, when somebody Googles your name? And then the other pillar is your social media, your Google+, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, and all those sort of new tools that are emerging, uh, again, that really can represent a personal brand. Uh, great story, and Jenny. It means you got started into this stuff because your, your area is noted to be a technology field. So Yeah, exactly, because you know, the Bay Area is known as a kind of center of technology, and sort of irony of ironies, when I was writing my dissertation, I was living in Eastern Europe. I was living in Hungary. And, of course, um, the universities were one of the very first things connected to the Internet. And uh, we used to actually email copies of a book I was working on before between uh, UC Berkeley uh, and uh, the Hungarian Academy of Sciences. And we thought it was the slickest thing ever <laughs> that we could email, you know, copies of our book. That was amazing. And that was back in 93. Uh, so I was just really fortunate to be uh, kind of in the right place at the right time in terms of uh, how this technology took off. And of course, today, like we said, I mean, you're in Ghana. I'm here in the United States. Uh, the world is really small now, and these tools are really available to anyone anywhere. 
um, in a way that they weren't, you know, back in the early 90s. I think that that, that is exciting. I, I personally got to my first, to use a first PC, that was 1995 when I, I got to, and that was Windows 3.11, just so, didn't know what it's all about till in the 2000s that one really got used to PCs and started as internet in 2010 and where about. Right. I remember Windows 3.1. That was really exciting <laughs> when I got Windows 3.1. So, Jason, great. Now, let, let's look at the starting point of using uh, search engine optimization. What's, what is really the essence of that, having a website and a blog? How do one use that to help position as brand and business online? Right. So, I would say, you know, for a personal brand, whether you're the CEO of a company, Company or you're the marketing manager, or you have your own personal brand, you're a book author, or you're a poet, you're a psychologist, uh, one of the most important things you need to do is you need to have a website. Uh, so you want to, if possible, claim your name, like I'm jasonmcdonald.org. You want to claim your name, uh, if possible. If not, you know, it could be, uh, you know, uh, bradthephotographer.com, something like that. Uh, you want to set it up on one of your better platforms. The ones that I really recommend uh, would be the WordPress platform. Uh, you can use an internet service provider like GoDaddy, and you can usually configure a, a website through WordPress. It's not rocket science. Uh, that's really your most robust platform. Uh, or if you really want to do something super simple, you can go to Blogger, which is the Google platform, and you can set up a blog. I really like Blogger as a free platform uh, for that blog. So the first thing you got to do is you got to set up your website. There's a little bit of technical mumbo jumbo there where you've got to, you know, get some images and things like that. So that's the first pillar. Uh, then as part of SEO, you kind of have to define yourself. This is personal branding. So are you, you know, a photographer? Are you a poet? Are you a book author? Um, I did a project once with a petroleum company in Colorado. Uh, they were all about isobutanol. That was a sort of a technical uh, type of uh, new uh, biofuel, and they were sort of trying to dominate the conversation about that. So you got to think through the keywords that define your personal brand, uh, and then SEO is the art and science of sort of where to put those things on your website, on your blog, so you start to have a, a chance of showing up uh, if somebody Google's those. So that's sort of the the first thing you've got to do out of the box is you've got to essentially start a personal website or a blog, and you got to learn a little SEO. Uh, to optimize it. Uh, one thing I'd recommend to everybody, if you just Google uh, Google SEO starter guide, it's an official little white paper. It's produced by Google and it will tell you sort of the basic things about how to uh, put the keywords uh, in certain tag positions, title tags, meta descriptions, image, etc. It'll kind of lead you through what you need to do to optimize uh, a basic website so it talks to Google. So first thing I would say is get a blog, get a, a website, uh, invest in Blogger or WordPress, uh, figure out what your keywords are, what are you trying to dominate, what is your personal brand, uh, and then put that information strategically in this blog. If you read that Google document, it'll at least get you started. At that point, you've at least started with a blog that you're um, using SEO to show at the top of a Google search. Okay, so speaker, it means if one doesn't have a website, the chance of one using the search engine optimization to boost the brand is almost unavailable. You must have a blog or have a website to be able to power it using SEO, right? Absolutely. And and the good news there is, again, it's not expensive. You can go to Blogger and you can do a free blog on Blogger. It won't cost you any money and you can optimize that Blogger. Now, for a little bit of money, 
you can get a domain. So you can get a domain, jasonmcdonald.org or bernardkelvinclive.com or whatever. You can get a domain, and that makes you look a little mm. cooler than being um, on the free blogger platform. And I have a, a blog uh, that I'm running through Blogger. It costs me $7 a year to run that blog. So it's very inexpensive mm. uh, to set up a personal blog. Well, great. So that's a, that's a good starting point, getting a domain, a website, or a blog site set up for you. Then you figure out how you want to position yourself based on certain keywords, how you want to be found online. So you get this keyword or tags in your search, in your website to help you rank. Now let's look at ranking. How does that help one rank with these big things that one has a website, maybe want to position himself as a, a, a photographer, an expert in, a, in a photography, and there are thousands of right. photographers around. How do, what's, what's, how do I differentiate myself using SEO? Okay, so the thing about SEO is you, there's sort of two tracks. There's what's called on-page SEO and off-page mm-hmm. SEO. Uh, so the way I think about it is I, I think about a job search. So job search, you, you create a resume that describes who you are. It describes what job you want. Those are your keywords. You want to be a, you want to be a photographer. You want to be a BMW auto mechanic. You want to be a nurse. You want to be an anesthesiologist. That's what your resume is. That's the on-page SEO. So that's what you're going to do on your blog. You're going to create a good blog, a good website that's going to talk about you, that you're going to share information, and it's going to be in your domain of knowledge, your domain of expertise. Now, the second track of SEO is what's called off-page mm-hmm. SEO. And using that resume example, those are your references, right? We all know if you're looking for a job and somebody validates you, right? So you're looking for a job as a BMW auto mechanic, right? And the owner of the school that you went to vouches for you and says, oh, you're really smart. You really know how to repair uh, those BMWs. That external reference boosts your job mm-hmm. search. It makes people look at your resume. Now, that in <clears throat> SEO is uh, basically inbound links. So you want to get other people in your industry or other related people to talk about your blog or your website. So, for instance, let's say you're a photographer and you work in the wedding business. Well, in the wedding business, there's the photographer, there's the DJ, there's the facilities, there's the cake uh, service. There are all these related companies that would be in your ecosystem. So what you do is you'd get the cake company to talk about your blog on their blog. And Google's going to look at that external reference, and that's going to help you get to the top. So you're going to start to need to look at what's called link Mm. building at other websites that talk about you. And that's where you kind of have to know people, and you've got to solicit them, you've got to cultivate them. Uh, etc. Kind of related to that, uh, Bernard, is this idea of social media. Mm-hmm. That's why, for instance, I recommend a really important uh, thing is to have a Google Plus profile. By having a Google Plus profile, by being active on Google Plus, you're telling Google that you're uh, active and important. And Google looks at a blog that also has a Google Plus profile, mm-hmm. a blog that also has a LinkedIn profile. Those are external signals that you're important. So there's these two tracks on-page and off-page, and you need to start working on both those tracks. Those together will get you to the top of the Google search. That's that's what you want to do, the two tracks, on-page and off-page uh, SEO. Right. So the combination of these two tracks, you can help be able to rank high on Google search to get your brand exposed. Exactly. The combination of the two. Now, related to that is what I call riches in the niches, <laughs> right? So what do we mean here, right? So you don't necessarily want to be number one for the search photographer. You might want to be number one for the search 
commercial photographer Austin, mm, Texas, mm, mm. or you might be number one for a more niche search. You know, maybe you do bar mitzvahs, and that's really your focus area. So if you have niche searches, you have a sort of an area of expertise um, that's very, very focused, those are much easier to dominate than sort of the generic. So you really want to kind of inventory yourself, inventory your personal brand, and identify uh, these niche areas where you're really a, a true expert, and that's a, a part of your optimization uh, is to focus um, on a very specific thing. And then again, back to your on-page and your off-page, you're going to build content that's going to talk about those keywords, and you're going to get inbound links from other related blogs. You're going to get everybody you know. I always uh, tease people when I teach classes. You know, I say once you get your blog up, you get your website up. You know, you need to call around. You need to say, you know, hello, Grandma, do you have a blog? Oh, you do? Grandma, could you write in your blog post, you know, a little uh, mention of me and link back to my blog? So even your friends and family, right, if they have websites, they can really help you out by by linking over to you. So you want to do a link inventory uh, Mm -hmm. as you get started. Why then do people really want to, I mean, hack the system or do to regain the system? Right. So that that gets a little bit more in your esoterica, right? So there's always somebody who's trying to game a system, right? I mean, this is the way the world works, right? Uh, you know, it's just, just the human nature, right? Everybody's kind of game something. So if you think of SEO as kind of a game, right? It's like you're trying to play a game with other people to get to the top of Google. And there are certain rules and tools that you're using to get to the top. Now, in SEO, they... The, we have to have our own lingo in our industry, so we call this black hat and white mm-hmm. hat. And uh, believe it or not, it comes from uh, American westerns, from cowboy movies. And the idea is that the evil people wore the black hats and the nice <laughs> people wore the white hats. That's where it comes from. Uh, so white hat SEO is what I'm talking about, where you really create good content. It's very serious. And then you get legitimate people to link over to you. Uh, preferably people in your industry. You create a nice Google Plus profile, uh, et cetera. Those are white hat, very legitimate techniques. I, I think of it as uh, putting your best foot mm. forward uh, to Google, just like you would on a resume. Now, black hat SEO, um, that's really going to the dark side, and that's where you can do schemes. You can do things like um, you can go create 25 blogs of your own with different fake people, and then you can have those blogs link to your blog. That would be a black hat tactic, right? Um, or you could go create 17 fake Google Plus accounts and have them follow mm-hmm. you. So there are some sort of negative tactics that you can use. The deal with that is that really most people don't need to use those tactics in the first place. Uh, if you do legitimate things and you try harder, you'll usually do pretty well. Uh, and secondly, of course, Google more and more, especially in the last 18 months, last year and a half, Google is really on the warpath against these mm-hmm. tactics. And I always think, you know, they're really smart. They have a lot of money. They have very smart engineers. So generally, it might work for a while, but you'll generally get busted. And when you get busted, you'll just disappear. You won't show for any search, including the search for your own name uh, on Google. So I'm not a big advocate of uh, these manipulative black hat uh, tactics. They're not necessary, really, and they're pretty dangerous these days because um, Google has a lot of power. They just flip a switch and, <laughs> and you're invisible. Right, now let's move on. Let's look at um, reputation management with the help of all this uh, SEOs. You do, you, you're ranking, you're doing well, not so well, but you find out anytime you search for your name or the, your keywords, 
and the side that are linking to your, your personal brand is not worth, I mean, referencing. What do you do? How do you start manage to manage your reputation online? Right. So that's really important and that's becoming more and more important over time. So for example, I, I get a fair number of inquiries these days from uh, the marketing managers of various corporations and they're worried about their CEO. Their CEO has a name. Mm-hmm. People Google the name of that CEO, you know, Zuckerberg, for instance, or Jeff Bezos at Amazon. So people will Google the name of the CEO. And if you haven't thought that through in advance, it, you're kind of ripe for negative experiences. So let's say you fired an employee and they hate you and they create a website, you know, I hate Jeff <laughs> They can show up on your search and it can be very damaging to your reputation. So reputation management, the, the first thing to think about is the negative impact. So watch out for people uh, that could be negative about you. And people often search for your name. They'll do Jason McDonald reviews or Jason McDonald uh, scam or things like that. Uh, so watch out for those searches. Now, the best, you know, what do they say? The best defense is a good offense, <laughs> yeah. right? So the best way to do this is figure out your personal brand, then create your website. And this is where your social media can be so helpful. Create a Twitter account, create a Google Plus account, create a Facebook account, uh, create a blogger, an additional blogger blog, create a news release about yourself. You want when someone Googles Jason McDonald, you want them to see positive information about you. And if they see your Twitter and your Facebook and your LinkedIn, you've kind of crowded out the ability for other people to create negative content. So people often say, well, why should I be on Twitter? Because my people aren't on Twitter. This is where reputation management can explain why why Twitter can be helpful, even if no one is using you on Mm. Twitter your Twitter account will often show on a search for your name. So it's a way to block any negative publicity. Um, and again, back to the job search, let's say somebody Googles your name. Well, they'll Google your name and they'll look at you and they'll say, oh, look, they have a nice LinkedIn profile. They're active on Twitter. You know, they've got a lot of recommendations on uh, LinkedIn. They've got followers on Google+. Those are uh, what we call trust indicators and they validate you as important. So even if... You don't feel people really use you on Twitter. It's a way to validate and make yourself look important. What you want to do as part of your strategy, this is a, a, a reputation management, is to kind of prophylactically, in advance, try to occupy as much of the Google search for mm-hmm. your name. Uh, this is especially important if you have an unusual name, right? If I have kind of a medium name. It's not really, really unusual, but it's not like Bob Smith. <laughs> now, if you're Bob Smith, it's very difficult for somebody to show, right? If you have a really unusual name, then you're even more vulnerable to this problem. So there is a, a kind of a twist here. Uh, it actually, if you have an unusual name, you really need to watch out about this. If you have a common name, it's not not quite as important. But, but this is a very important growing thing on reputation management um, is to pay attention to this. So many places. So you must occupy that place very well first before, even if you're not actively using that. That's exactly right. You want to do this in advance because if you're trying to do it after the fact, it's much more difficult. Uh, so especially like if you're a CEO or you're an executive, uh, somebody like that who's building their personal brand inside of a corporation or, or you work with an author of books, those sorts of people really need to do this, you know, immediately because it's much more difficult after the fact to, to deal with this problem. 
Uh, so you want to do it in advance, sort of prophylactically, uh, look at relevant searches for you. Uh, the other thing, Bernard, that I think people don't really think about is let's imagine a job search and I'm Googling an employee. You know, I've met with them and I like them and we have a good job interview and I Google them and I see negative information mm-hmm. about them. I see, uh, you know, somebody doesn't like them or I see their ex-girlfriend wrote a, you know, a blog about how much they're terrible. What people will do is that will be the end of it. They will not hire you. They won't tell you that they Googled you and they saw this terrible stuff. They just won't move forward. So you kind of won't even realize that it's your negative brand that's causing you this problem Hmm. Uh, because people will check you out. And if they see negative information, they'll just go to the next person. So consultant, job seeker, CEO, the negative brand can just be devastating to you because you won't get the call back. You won't get the second interview because they've Googled you and they see something they don't like. And that's that. It's over. So it's very important. So, especially looking at students who want to use social media to help push or establish their brands, and most of them are not so careful or cautious about the things they post and share in their links and where they leave comments on certain websites. It means that when they're applying for jobs and their names are being pulled out, you're going to see all these negative reviews they left at the various sites showing up online. Yes, this is a, I, I have a 19 year old daughter and I always tell her, uh, you know, it's unfortunate you're never going to become president <laughs> because they'll Google you, they'll find all the nasty things that you've said on Facebook, and that will be that, right? So a- another part of brand management that, again, I think people don't really think through, it, it, you're absolutely right, is is reviews, right? Uh, let's say you go on Yelp or you go on Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of places where you can leave a review and you can sort of get your vendetta out. Mm-hmm. But... What kind of what kind of image does that project mm. about you? It projects an image that you're sort of a complainer and that you're negative. So you want to. I always say on the internet, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on LinkedIn, uh, whether it's on Twitter, you want to use your best behavior. You want to you want to act like you'd act in a nice restaurant. You don't want to just be kind of trash talking and things like that because it will come back to haunt you. So. Part of your reputation management is to realize when you're on Twitter, when you're on Facebook, you know, don't, don't use obscenities. Don't be negative because it, it will come back. It will show up when people look for your information. And that's a net, that's another part of brand management. You wouldn't go to a nice restaurant, you know, dressed in a t-shirt, uh, and you wouldn't use, um, you know, potty language with the waitress. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that. It's not done. So it's the same idea. You want to be on your good behavior. Uh, when you're out there because the, the internet's like, you know, an elephant. It never forgets. It's <laughs> always there. Uh, so you really want to watch out how you act, um, in every aspect online. Great. Now let's look at how we, we, we kind of help a student or a person who's uh, got bad reputation online over the years because they didn't think through properly, but now want to redeem that bad image. What are some of the few steps one can use to able to redeem himself? Right. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's talk for a second about students. So one of the issues, right, with students, with young people is, uh, in terms of their personal brand, they don't have a, a strong history of, of accomplishment, right? This is just how it is when you're young. You, you've gone to school. You're interested in Twitter, uh, but you don't have a lot of experience under your belt. Uh, one of my top recommendations, uh, for young people is adopt something you care about. So, 
usually there's a starving nonprofit, you know, Save the Whales or the AIDS Foundation in your town or whatever. Figure out a nonprofit that you really care about. Uh, they usually have no money. Volunteer to run their website, to run their social media, and then position yourself as the person in charge. So you're going to help them use your knowledge, get their, them up to speed, and then it's also going to give you another platform uh, to show people your expertise. And another way you can do this is your brother, your uncle, whoever has a business, help them with their SEO, help them with their social media, help them with their Facebook. That's also going to give you credibility and the ability to populate, again, some of these searches with positive information. Oh. Now, let's say you left a lot of nasty reviews out there on Yelp or whatever. If you still control those accounts... You can go and delete the reviews. That's a simple thing to do is go backwards and find the ones that you did and delete them. You can do this on Facebook. You can do this on Yelp. Um, the other thing to do is be proactive. Google, Bing, they will favor the newer content. So let's say you trashed a bunch of ref restaurants on Yelp. Go write some reviews that are nice about other restaurants. And those will, over time, sort of outpopulate the bad reviews. So try to be proactively nice and that can start to crowd out the negatives. That's really how you deal with them is crowding out the negatives. Oh, great, great for students, not only for students, but anyone who've left and uh, got so much of a bad reputation online can try and redeem himself using these means to, to go back if you can undo them or try to, I mean, flesh it out with positive a good stuff. I think this will really get your, your brand established too. Exactly. Generally, concerning artists, music artists, one of the things I've noticed, I don't know how that works for them, is even when they commit a blunder or something bad, they come back, they, they face it and able to confess, they tend to get more followers than before. I don't know how far you've also looked at that trend. Those who are able to come back and, and admit that they messed up or they did that on purpose, able to get, I mean, some kind of number of following. Right. Right. So they are, they often say, they often say, they often say, for instance, you know, it's not the crime, it's the cover. Up. <laughs> uh, so that's true. I mean, you know, so, so if you are caught on video doing something, you know, naughty or bad or looking not so great, like I believe Jay-Z was attacked in an elevator by some person recently and it got on YouTube. You know, it, sometimes, I mean, everybody has bad experiences. Everybody is not perfect. Uh, sometimes just acknowledging it and sort of saying, you know, I screwed up can really actually help your reputation. So in that sense, I think there is sort of a confessional aspect. Um, you know, by confessing, by being upfront, um, you you can sort of address that issue. Uh, so the the authenticity of the internet is is important. So so you want to think that through often. You know, in terms of of, of being authentic. So so that's how I would sort of say uh, you should deal with that problem. Quite so far. Um Jason McDonald, SEO expects internet marketing experts, and there's a lot of training here and then social media. And Jason, what, what will be your billion dollar tips as we round up this moment on personal branding, reputation management, and using, uh, SEO to help one? Your billion dollar tips. Yeah, the big tip. So I would say we've kind of touched on one of these right away, right? Establish a blog, like get a blog where you can position yourself as an expert. Um, related to that, you know, I think another one that people really uh, can really benefit from is a personal YouTube channel. So if you have a personal YouTube channel, 
uh, and you're sort of video blogging what you're doing, I think that's a really easy opportunity. Um, you know, it's all hosted by YouTube. It's all free. You know, it's not expensive these days to have a little webcam uh, and do video. I think video optimization is a real opportunity for people uh, because people love video. They love to watch video. It's an easier medium than reading. So setting up a personal YouTube channel can really be, I think, a you know, a, a really high value uh, a tip for personal branding. Great. Thank you so much, Jason. Jason, where, where can one connect with you for your resources, your books, your materials, your courses and your trainings? Where can we connect with you? Uh, the easiest way to find me is just Google my name. Just Google Jason McDonald, and I'm usually at the top of those searches, and they'll find my personal blog there, and that will link to my classes and my trainings. And I have a lot of uh, free information. I have a couple free classes on this as well. Uh, so just Google Jason McDonald or Jason McDonald SEO, and you'll find me at the top of the Google searches, and that will get you to my personal website. Great. Thank you so much, Jason, um, for the inside shit. You're welcome. I was really um, good to connect with you. Yeah, thanks for listening. I want you to go to Amazon.com and get my latest book on personal branding. That is Rebrand, the ultimate guide to personal branding. Get a copy for yourself and for someone else. The book is Rebrand, the ultimate guide to personal branding. The best is yours. Mm-hmm.